0: Hello and welcome, and thank you for listening to The Conscious Stephen Podcast. I'm Tatiana Wright. Joining me today is Anne-Marie Brown, co-creator of Conscious Lifestyle Jewelry brand, The Sattva Collection, which is based in Rishikesh, India. Anne-Marie is also a joytish, that's a Vedic astrologer. And uh, one of the beautiful things about this collection is it's also a sacred jewelry line, which Anne-Marie will also talk about. So welcome, Anne-Marie.
1: Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. thank for
0: you're welcome. Um, I love uh, the Supper Collection, and the first question I want to ask you is about it being a conscious lifestyle brand. What what does that mean and what does that encompass? Because it's a little bit of a, I guess, a, a, we could say a trendy sort of um, description for a lot of things today, but your company really, w- truly embodies what that means. So I'd love you to talk about this.
1: Yes, definitely. I would love to. I mean, but first of all, before I get into that, I just want to share, you know, what is it like as a being to live more consciously, to live a conscious lifestyle? And really it's to be mindful of what it is that you're consuming, both on the level of um, in your awareness physically and in your consciousness. So making the decision to bring things into your life that are evolutionary. So our brand really, we're rooted in that. Our intention is for all the people who wear our brand to not just be wearing a piece of jewelry, but to be wearing something meaningful that has an intention. Everything's backed by intention, so that intention is to help them evolve and live in a more aware way. Um, also, we very much living in India. You know, there's a huge movement around supporting women because a lot of times here, women don't have the opportunity to work and to harness their creative energy because Oftentimes they get married very young. So we really try to create opportunity for women within the communities here so that they're able to feel empowered and have a job and be able to share their unique gifts with the world. All of the materials that we source also are natural quality and ethical and we also give a part of each sale back to support local children from an organization called the Cushy Project. So we've got this school where we have 400 kids that come every day and they come for after school support. So part of each sale goes to that organization.
0: And well, you are also designing cl- its clothing, its mm-hmm. laptop. It is, it's a full uh, lifestyle uh, brand that encompasses clothing and accessories as well as jewelry.
1: Most of our, all of our bags, laptop cases, um, they're all created from vintage textiles. And then we also have a line of a collection that's made from recycled saris. So we've got kimonos and dresses and different silks. One thing I really connect to within my heart is our yoga mat bags, for instance, they're made from a material, they're called Kanta quilts and they're all vintage quilts but what happens is there's a group of women in the desert in Rajasthan who aren't allowed to go work in factories because it's just not okay for the women to go so they get together in groups and then they sew these bags make with these quilts and so it becomes like a community project for these women in the desert so and they're beautiful vibrant they all have their own personality
0: yeah, beautiful. I love them. I know. I, I've seen them in real life. They're stunning. Mm-hmm. I just want to quickly add, because I know I introduced you as the co-founder of the of the Sattva Collection, which you are, but you're also so much more, you're a certified master yoga teacher and meditation teacher. And mm-hmm. so, you, you know, you have all this this fantastic um, spiritual background. Uh, and that's that's almost how, in a way, maybe you want to, maybe you just want to tell that story of how the this collection came into being through your practice. Practice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been living in India now for almost seven years. And I teach um, at Sattva Yoga Academy with my uh, guru, Anand Mayhotra. And we um, decided together that we would create this brand really to support yogis just throughout their daily movements of life. You know, creating intentional jewelry that kept them connected to their practice and to all the teachings that they were receiving as they're coming into our space here. Um, and then more importantly, just overall and living a conscious lifestyle. So the brand really emerged, you know, sattva means whole complete truth. So it's a way of living and a way of being. So these are all teachings that we share here in the Himalayan tradition. But then also we infuse that into the brand so that people feel supported as they're living and integrating these teachings into their lives throughout the world.
0: Yeah, beautiful. I love that. But it's also when, so, and, and the reason I wanted you to share that is because um, it gives people context to the fact that you're doing these activations and there's there truly is meaning behind it. It wasn't like, hey, I moved to India and I, I started a jewelry brand with somebody. It's. There's a real, it was really created with purpose and with deep reverence and meaning. um, And as you said, so that people can live the full expression of themselves and step back into the truth of who they are once they've started to reconnect with that through their practice. And I think that's really what's so powerful about the pieces that you guys produce. With it being a conscious jewelry company, maybe you can start with um, where the gems are sourced because they come from sacred sites, right? Or sacred parts of India.
1: Our gems are sourced from different locations of in, in India. Also, some of our gems are sourced in Thailand and Indonesia, as well as Sri Lanka. So, but our gemstones are handled by all, um, there's a certain type of caliber that we work with and the type of person that we work with. And they're all people who have a deep sadhana or meditation practice, all people who are really devoted to living in a more sacred way or in a more conscious way. So everybody who's involved with our process from actually getting the gems from their locations and then bringing them to us here and being part of the selection process, it's all done very consciously and very much, um, maintaining the integrity of what the brand stands for.
0: Yeah. I love that. Everything's done with purpose. Exactly.
1: And everybody who's involved in that process, you can just see it in their eyes and you feel it in their heart. They really love it. And they're very much experts and very much devoted to what they're doing.
0: And well, what about the Rudraksha seeds? Because those are, uh, and I think this is a really important thing to to mention, because a lot of people, we've talked about this before, when they, particularly Westerners, when they see the Rudraksha seeds put mainly as malas, people don't realize the significance of the sacredness to them and that yeah. in india or in in the traditions that use the rudraksha they are valued in the same level as precious gems i mean they're really they're oh, yeah. special and very valuable and 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 you know highly regarded and respected items so where do you i guess the first question i want to ask you is where how and where do you source your rudrakshas from are they blessed
1: Yes, they are blessed. So most rude rocks that we work with come from Indonesia. Um, some of the highest quality rude rocks come from Indonesia, actually majority and then Nepal and then India. So they're all brought in from different sac- sacred locations in these countries. And then we also bless them here in Rishikesh in the Ganges. So they're also receiving that energy. And, um, you know, and then we create different things from malas to necklaces. The Rudraksha is, like you said, it's such a powerful seed. It's known as the teardrop of Shiva. Shiva is the, the essence of the cosmos and Shiva is the representation of stillness. Shiva also had a beloved, which was Shakti and Shakti in her name was Sati. So... Also, part of the story is that when Sati threw herself in the fire to prove her love for Shiva, as he began to cry, the tears of Shiva became the Rudraksha. So these seeds are very much symbolic of also that unity between the masculine and the feminine, between Shiva and Shakti. You know, there's many different types of Rudraksha as well. They call it mukhi. So mukhi means face. So all the different types of Rudraksha that grow have different numbers of faces. So each face has a different meaning. And then within these meanings, they're invoking different gods and goddesses and different intentions as well. So they're very, very much sacred. And they also have a really strong benefit on the nervous system as well, deeply healing to wear on the physical body. So, and they really help to embody that quality of Shiva, which we call shunya, stillness. So when wearing the Rudraksha and working with it in a meditative practice, you're able to really access that Shiva state. And then within that space, open yourself up to that cosmic expression of Shiva and to receive the blessing of that specific
0: Rudraksha seed. How how can we tell a, a Muki from, how can we tell, can you describe the faces from the lines that you would see on the seed? Because sometimes when they're tiny, it's hard to see those.
1: Yeah, so if you would look at the bottom or the top of the seed, you'll see little divots, like little lines that come from the central point. So the central point, which is also what we would call the bindu. So you'll see a central point on there, but then these lines coming out from it. So when you count how many lines you see, that's how you know how many faces that it'll be.
0: And, the, and five is the most common, I've, I've been told.
1: Yeah. Five is the most common. I particularly wear seven and eight, which is Lakshmi and Ganesha. So yeah, it's, it's really, it's really amazing too, because they all harness different energies. And as you're sitting, feeling different ones, you'll know, you can tell the difference. It's really quite incredible. Many people write to me and they say, oh, I've heard that it's not good for women to wear Rudraksha." Raksha. Um, because it's a more masculine seed, because it is that energy of Shiva. And that's absolutely not true. That's where we have to look at, okay, as a woman, which Muki, which face, number of faces should I be wearing that's going to be supportive for my energy? And I'm not going to lie, because I had that experience. In the beginning, I didn't like Rudraksha to wear it because it felt very intense for me. But then I realized that I should just be wearing a different one. And now I love it. feels very blissful and uplifting. And what's the difference
0: between the Rudrani and the Rudraksha?
1: So the Rudrani is really just a smaller form. Rudrani is a true representation of the masculine and the feminine. So it really represents unity and that coming together and being in that delicate intricacy. But the Rudrani is really nice because it's very grounding. And again, it's deeply healing for the nervous system as well.
0: I think in the West we have this preconceived notion that in order for something to um, be pricey, you know, it's got to be a diamond, you know, like we have this idea of, Oh, but it's not a, like, how, why does it cost so much? Cause you see some of the prices of those, um, r- uh, rudrakshas, and they can get up into the thousands for a single oh, yeah. seat, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Very expensive, especially the one face because the one face are the most, uncommon. So those ones are harder to find and it's very auspicious to wear one faced through Raksha. So, but the cost of them is very high. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. not, and yeah. it's not necessary for everybody, but for some people it is. And, you know, it's interesting because when the topic of cost comes up and paying more money for something, people have to realize again, that they're consciously investing in their evolution and that it's a yogic support tool. Rather than just a piece of jewelry or, you know, a seed that you're wearing around your neck for good luck.
0: Yeah. Like well, you so you it's just a seed. It's not a diamond. Business. Why am I paying a thousand yeah. bucks for this? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's so important to tune in on that deeper level to the intention.
0: Yeah, for sure, and that also relates to the medals, the three medals, because there's the the copper, the the silver, and the gold yeah. medal. Right? Then they can wear them as perhaps them as a bracelet, seen most commonly, but also as rings. And again, I think mentally for a lot of people to understand the spend on some on metal that doesn't have any precious or semi-precious stones in it. So what what's the significance of wearing the metal? if people aren't familiar with um, perhaps the story from Yogananda and and he talked about it in his book? But yeah. maybe you can share all of that.
1: I would love to because the three metal bangles are probably one of the most powerful tools that anybody can be wearing, especially right now in these times that we're in because the astrology is not exactly um, the most favorable and it's going to be like that for still some time. So just a brief history on the three metal bangle. Yogananda, who is a great yogi who pretty much brought yoga to the West, um, his master Sri Yukteswar Uh, once told him that he was about to enter into a series of unfavorable karmic predicaments, and that if he wore a three-metal bangle made of copper, silver, and gold with a specific weight, that that would help offset the negative effects of these these karmic predicaments. And um, Sri Yukteswar then also spoke to the fact that by wearing this bangle, it would help to um, harness the positive qualities of the cosmos, as well as support the immune system and overall vitality. So then what happened, Yogananda said, oh, but then he did it. And a few weeks later, he had some type of infection in his kidney that uh, would have been a lot worse, his master said, had he not worn the bangle. So it helped to downplay or, you know, make it less uh, severe. But essentially, when wearing these bangles, so it's astrological. So these heavy metals help to offset some of these negative influences of the planet. Um, The three metals also help to ground and stabilize our energy. A lot of people are moving through the day with a lot of air and also a lot of energy in the upper chakras and not necessarily having a connection to the earth. And that's very important in overall overall well-being.
0: Um, so I've spoken to, um, well, a couple of people that I know who used to have really suffer from anxiety, um, Uh have been wearing one of the bangles on their arm, upper arm. And she told me that, um, ever since wearing one, like a couple of years ago, it's been incredible. She could fit, she could, she experienced the shift in that immediately, energetically and where it never takes it off actually.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's, that's the truth. I mean, that's what, So many people share in my own experience as well. I felt it immediately when I put mine on, it just really helps ground and stabilize the nervous system. It helps to de-excite the nervous system by wearing the heavy metals.
0: Will you receive the same benefits from, from a ring?
1: You can definitely wear the ring too. It's available as a ring and it will still have benefits for you. Um, Obviously it's always more favorable to wear the weight that's prescribed but the ring still is better than wearing nothing. And um, just having that energy of the three metals combined is extremely supportive. And most importantly is that your intention is there to receive the benefits. Cause if you're putting on the ring and you're like, okay, whatever, then what are you telling the universe? You're not telling the universe that you really believe in its healing properties. So if you're intentionally wearing the ring, so that it has the same benefits as the bangle, then you will receive a strong benefit.
0: It's interesting. I think just intuitively, I I have one of your rings and I remember when I first put it on, I don't think there were any, um, you you had done a pop-up and, um, and we were in Sicily and there were no bangles there, but I was really drawn to one of the rings and I just put it on and right away I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like it just felt, Right, Like it felt like my body had been missing that. And I wear it on my right thumb, actually. And uh, and it and it like it literally feels like it's a part of my thumb. And yeah. I never take it off. Occasionally I've taken it and moved it to a different finger, and then it was like, nope, it wants to be on my thumb. It feels good there. It doesn't interfere with chopping or cooking or anything, or, you know, opening a jar. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm glad you share that because many people will order it and then they write to me and ask, okay, which wh- is there a specific finger I should wear it on? And with this, because the ring is supportive for all of the Cosmos It doesn't matter which finger
0: it's on. So it's more intuitively where it's meant to be. Well, I'm glad you explained all that because I think it's important also for people to understand this. But um, with the the other aspect, which I would really love for you to talk about, is the sacred symbology of the other elements here. Because you've got a lot of people are familiar with the Om symbol. But I think it's something that we've become, that we're seeing more, particularly in yoga studios, is the Sri Yantra. Now, the Shri is a symbol, which has also been in tankas as the as the background and a lot of tankas, which people may not be aware of in Tibetan Buddhism um, or Tibetan like certain certain um, schools of Tibetan Tantra there that Shri exists in the tanka. But in the Hindu tradition, you see it as the beautiful triangles, the nine pointed triangles upwards and downwards and how they what they represent as the Shakti and the Shiva and the represent the reflection of the human body almost the microcosm, the macrocosm that resides in all of us. So I'd love for you to share and talk more about that and um, why and how it works as an activation when it's worn on the body, because it's really quite remarkable.
1: Yes, definitely. Well, you just covered quite a bit of it. So I'll... Well,
0: you're an expert. You teach it. You also teach, you know... Uh, you teach so much, but you teach activations around Shri and you, yeah. so talk about that because you, you do, I mean, you really educate people. I mean, I've just given the top notes of what, what it is. I <laughs> you know. I mean, there's so much more in every triangle. Yeah. It's not like it's just here and here.
1: <laughs> Amazing. The Sri Yantra is, you know, in the tantric tradition, Yantra is used as a form of meditation and there's many different Yantras and they all have certain energies um The Sri Yantra is known as the Mother Yantra, so it's basically the most powerful symbol that the Tantric tradition recognizes, and it's used in majority of the practices and majority of the rituals, and it also is um, a symbol that's used in a lot of advanced meditation practices. So Sri represents the feminine quality of the universe, um, Sri Shakti, which is Um, that energy of creation. So the Sri Yantra really represents also the multidimensional layers of reality. So it's the representation of abundance of nature and the representation of all of cosmic creation. So when we look at the symbol, if we start from the outside, there's uh, what we call a um, bupura, which is four gates. So there's like four little Gates that surround it. And those represent the different aspects of the mind. And then you've got two circles of half, half, uh, or lotus blossoms. So those representing the constant birthing into the different layers of reality. So then as we get inside, is where we have the triangles. So there's five triangles facing downward, which represents the feminine aspect. And then four triangles facing upward, which represents the masculine uh, aspect. So then in the middle, they unite. And then in that middle point where they unite is what we have is the Bindu. So the Bindu represents that point of stillness. So it represents also that point of creation and also that point of merging between the masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, everything starts to radiate out and expand out. So all of these triangles actually then continue to interlock into infinity. So what does that mean? So that is the Sri Yantra ultimately is the creative intelligence of nature and our own creative intelligence and the representation of our infinite cosmic creativity. So essentially our still point, the Bindu, can be located within the heart space But then all the triangles as we become Sri Yantra of our creativity are intersecting and radiating outward. So this is the, within that, there's a certain energy that's harnessed. And so whether you're gazing at a Sri Yantra symbol, you're actually merging with that energy and taking it into your being and invoking it in your life. Or if you're wearing it, that energy is literally being absorbed into the physical body, but also into your electromagnetic field. So then we talk about Shri qualities, Shri value living. So what is abundant living? So Shri is a way of being. It's a state of consciousness. It's experiencing a deep state of abundance in all aspects. That doesn't just mean wealth. That means, you know, in your relationships, the way that you experience nature, um, all moments are abundant. So this quality you really start to cultivate when you're wearing the Sri Yantra because you start to become it and you start to experience life in a different way. New creative vision arises, um, also a deeper sense of fulfillment, Sri Yantra's teaching, high teaching is totally fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. So a totally fulfilled life is when our desires become the desires of nature. And that's just working through us, which mm-hmm. is credible.
0: So yeah, that. it's like you're connecting with the truth of who you are and what yeah. your ultimate, what your heart w- really desires for you to fulfill. And then you have this expansive heart, like opened, you know, heart center, and you're almost drawing in and attracting because you're living on that, that frequency. You know, exactly. it's beautiful. Yeah, it's really uh, beautiful.
1: It is. And it's incredible. And I know you've had a powerful experience with the Sri. I mean, that's essentially how we've become friends is because of Sri. But it's amazing because I speak to the Sri Yantra here in India. This is what I teach. Um, I speak to it when I'm not in India and I'm sharing the collection all over the world. And I know sometimes people are listening to me thinking, okay, okay. But the emails and the messages that I receive months later, and women and men are sharing their experiences of the just like creativity and abundance and vision and magic and fulfillment. It's really incredible. And it's where, you know, that when you have a devotion to this energy that you will receive,
0: um, magic happens. Yeah 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 you you you're opening up to that frequency and and I think also part of it is, has to do with the fact that you literally bless them all those sri yantras are taken into the ganga into the ganges in Rishikesh, and they're dipped in there and they're blessed so they yeah. receive this activation from from the himalayas essentially which is really beautiful
1: Yeah. And even our artisans who make them are gorgeous. I mean, they are just beautiful goddesses and they are pouring so much love and chanting mantras while they make them. And then they're dipped in Ganga.
0: So it's just really fully activated. Yeah. And do people even know this? I mean, it's it's, uh, I've I've got, a, a, you know, I have many <laughs> now that I've collected over the years and at different lengths. And I've recently gone back to wearing um, the pearl one, which actually okay. Armi Chuenya Shoda gave me, it was nice. my first one many years sure. ago, and it's long. It comes below my navel, below my belly button. And I recently was called to put that one back on and I tend to wear them for months. I mean, I'll sometimes wear the same one for a whole year and yeah. uh, that I just, my body, my, whatever's happening to me in my life, I need the support of either the gemstones or whatever the length, and I, what I've noticed is the one that I'm wearing now that goes below my navel, and I always, and I think you told me this when I first met you, we wear them close to the body. I know a lot of people like to show them off and wear them on the outside, but I really feel the potency comes from wearing it close to the body and not showing it off to people, yeah. not letting people touch the pendant, the Sri that's on the bottom, but keeping it near me and also because of the copper that it's made from. But I can feel like there's an activation that's happening there. If I wear a shorter one that's, that sits around my heart center, I actually just fit, stopped wearing one just a couple months ago that was around my heart. The, the Sri sat there, but it was made from the rudrani's. Is yeah. there a difference in um, the length, but there also maybe you can talk about the different types of gems that they come in as well. Why they're made of copper, like they're hand stamped too, right?
1: Yeah. So we've got a couple different styles available now, but the one that you're speaking to is the one that we sell and share the most of, but it's a copper pendant. It's a copper coin actually that they flatten and then they hand stamp the symbol of the Sri Yantra on it. So the copper just in general is again, when we talked about the metals, deeply balancing, So the longer length ones, they are 108 gemstones. So it is still a full mala, but the copper also hits just at the navel center. So what happens then, it has this effect at that specific chakra and balancing that chakra. So the longer one, you're going to feel a deeper sense of grounding in the lower chakras. But then the shorter ones, which are actually half malas, so they're 54 gemstones, That's going to be closer to Anahata, to your heart, the heart chakra. So it's 108 or 54. So you'll feel a deeper sense of um, groundedness and energy in the Anahata and probably Bushuddha too. So that, that energy travels. So, it's really, I know what you mean though, because you do feel a difference of where that metal is hitting, and that is because the heavy metal is really grounding for the physical body to wear. All of the ones that I just spoke to that either they come on one hundred and eight gemstone mala or fifty four, um, we have about fifteen different types of gemstones that we work with. So it's really important too, when you're selecting what Yantra that you want to wear, to tune in as far as what quality do I need to invoke within myself, or how can I use some healing support and really identify what it is that you need, and then appropriately selecting which gemstone can support that intention. So, on our website, we have a gemstone guide that speaks to all the healing qualities of the gemstone. But just as an example, you know, for someone who really needs to experience self love and compassion then Mm -hmm. they would choose rose quartz. Someone who wants to cultivate their intuition and for protection, maybe they would choose amethyst. Someone who wants to experience passion and sensuality, they would choose the um, black onyx with the Sri Yantra pendant. So we also have, so we have about 15 semi-precious stones and then we sell them made from blue sapphire, ruby, yellow sapphire, and the emerald. so the precious stones as well. And precious stones are always more supportive to wear if you can, um, just because they have a higher potency and they have a stronger energy. So, and this, all the gemstones that we work with are natural and they're not heat treated. So they're very, um, they're in pretty much their rawest form. They're powerful.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And, yeah. And, and and men can wear them too. Men don't, you know, they're not just for women.
1: We have a lot of men that wear our Sri Yantras and I love hearing from them because they also, I mean, the the teachings of the Sri Yantra are for everybody. So I love hearing also from the men and what they share their experience um, from wearing the pieces.
0: And what about the malas? You've also, because you've also got a lot of malas and I know we were we were talking the other day about how during this time of COVID it's been you have seen a, a, a an influx in mala sales, which you found mm. interesting. And yeah. how how is it a supportive tool? You and I have been using them for a very long time in our daily practice. Um, but I'd love for you to explain and share because there might be people who who you know aren't sure or kind of yeah. why is there 108 beads you know or, or stones or rudraksha and then do i need to have a guru bead at the end and why does it why is there a tassel like is there you know because some you see some really fancy very expensive malas yeah. um jewelry stores that a lot of people will just call tassel necklaces but yeah. you know uh, there is no potency in in that like it's a beautiful piece of jewelry ultimately but you know it's more of a decorative item than say a sacred item yeah yeah
1: yeah i was amazed and i was just also so happy to witness the fact that we were receiving a lot of orders but also just inquiries about malas with questions during this whole covid period so malas tend to be sort of an introductory as well like most of the time when people start discovering the path of yoga a natural thing to do is to get a mala. So I felt like seeing this spike in mala interest during this time was a good sign that people were really starting to have a desire to evolve and tune into something deeper. Um, but let me just talk a little bit about the mala. So, just generally, a mala is a very much very sacred um, yogic support tool, it's not a piece of jewelry. It's something that you have a high reverence for. So you're either wearing it on your body and a lot of times people will wear it under their shirt just because it's more sacred, but it's also okay to not. You can also wear it outside of your shirt or a lot of times people wrap them around their wrists and that's perfectly fine. It's a beautiful thing to wear all the time because it keeps you connected to your intention and your practice. So all malas are 108 rudraksha gemstone, you know, natural seed like sandalwood or Tulsi. And they all have a guru bead. So the guru bead represents that inner mastery, that inner self. Guru is the teacher. So it's also where we begin and where we end. So when we go to, if we want to do a mantra meditation with a mala, so say that we are working with a mantra, um, and this is where a lot of people begin so something as simple as Aham Brahmasmi, which we've been working with over this period of time, which means I am the whole, I am the universe. So you would start at the guru bead and then move your, you can either hold the mala between the thumb and the index finger or the thumb and the middle finger. And then you would move to the next seed as you chant one round of the mantra, ahambra masmi, and then move to the next seed, ahambra masmi. And eventually you make your way all the way around. 108 repetitions to the guru beat again. So that's essentially um, how you use the mala. Now, 108 is an auspicious number that comes from the yogic tradition. Um, It's a derivative of nine. So nine times 12 is 108. So nine is a sacred number. It represents, you know, there's nine, there's actually many different um, meanings to it, but some of them, there's nine planets, nine goddesses, and then that's a multiple of three. Three is the trinity. Um, three representing the waking, dreaming, and deep sleep state. Um, you know, and then nine is the number of months in the womb. So there's um, many different reason, or um, meanings to it. So... Having a mala is a really powerful tool, but just to really keep you connected to that sacredness within yourself. And, um, you know, I always recommend if you're not wearing it, just keep it somewhere that's intentional. You don't want to just throw it on
0: the table with your car keys.
1: You know, put it somewhere that's special and honor it and have reverence for it.
0: Yeah, or a pouch. Tie it up and put it on your altar if you have a sacred place that you want to keep it. It's um, and And yours are... Uh, also blessed the malas from the Sufa collection, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, we bless all of our malas in the Ganga. That's one of my favorite things to do. I love to, you know, our where all where all of our jewelry is made is right across the street from the Ganga. So I love when I can go down and just be with the pieces and set an intention, chant a mantra, dip them in Ganga, and it really, that's it. Brings me so much joy to do that. Yeah, and that's a part of it that I really love as I've witnessed the unfolding of this brand is that it's really brought community together, too. Like, I feel that there's this beautiful, magical energy amongst all of the community who's wearing the Sapa collection. And everyone likes to talk about it and
0: support each other and share and uplift. So it's really beautiful. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah. So, is there anything else you want to add about the collection or new things that you've got coming up? I saw you posted a, a beautiful, um, supportive uh, bangle or, or bracelet the other day on on the feed. And also, let's mention the sattacollection.com, the website that people can visit to find everything. Yes,
1: we, the bracelet that you're talking to, speaking of, we just created what's called a Navratna armlet. And I am in love with it. Um, Navaratna means, or Nava means nine. Um, Ratnas are the gems. So it's the nine gems of the planet. You wear it as an armlet and it helps to actually balance and stabilize and attune with all the different planetary energies. So they're so gorgeous, but so powerful. And I really, I feel so good when I'm wearing it. So I'm really looking forward to sharing it with all of our community because it's quite exquisite and quite powerful.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Anne-Marie. Oh, I always love to talk to you and for you to share your wisdom and knowledge and information about the beautiful products that you're creating and putting out into the world. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here with you. Thank you.
0: To view or purchase the pieces talked about in this episode, please visit thesattvacollection.com, and that's spelled the-T-H-E-Sattva-S-A-T-T-V-A collection.com. You can email Anne-Marie directly from the site as well. Thank you for listening to The Conscious Diva.